Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones. Rev Briz with you over here. Rev Z right here. Reverend B over here in Philadelphia. You like how we did that, folks? And we're three ministers talking shit here on a Friday morning on the New Thought Media Network. We're so grateful that you're with us. We do this every Friday morning, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and where we talk about what's up in the news and what's going on and all that kind of stuff. And we have Rev Bill with us today. Bill, you've been with us a few times, but remind people who you are and where you are. Uh, okay, so uh, I am the um, <clears throat> spiritual director at New Thought Philadelphia, which conveniently is in Pennsylvania, because uh, there are other Philadelphias in the country, but they're not as important as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, and love doing this. Um, I'm on the board of the affiliated New Thought Network and the executive board of the International New Thought Alliance. And uh, Reverend BRZ and I have been uh, doing some events together, <clears throat> which is wonderful. And uh, I have an affinity for this crap because uh, I spent 10 years as a zany morning radio personality kind of making fun of people for a living. I mostly don't do it anymore except when you guys drag me down into the gutter like this. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take that as a compliment. Good morning, Linda. Good to see you, dear one. Glad you are with us. Wayne, glad you're here as well. Yes, we do have a lighthearted. All right, so... um, I got to start because I found what I think is the most absurd story of the week, and I'd love to see if we can find a metaphysical meaning behind all of this. (laughs) It turns out that Michigan, the state of Michigan, lost a voting machine. Now, they didn't know they had lost the voting machine until the end of this story, but they lost a voting machine from the 2020 election. First off, not a great idea. Secondly, it gets dropped off anonymously at a goodwill goodwill cleans it up and sells it online in an online auction for about eight bucks some guy in michigan buys it for eight dollars from goodwill thinking hey okay you know it's just a computer (laughs) turns out he sells it turns around and sells it on ebay for a big markup for twelve hundred dollars and a gentleman in ohio buys it where he (laughs) thinks It's probably a good idea to contact the government. Uh, It's a great interview out there. Um, What do we think, guys? Uh, um, Just more fuel for the MAGA universe, or is this something to be worried about, or is this just no big deal? There's there's a question that I have about one word in there, and that that four-letter word is lost. Now... (laughs) Between elections, you, you take the machines and you put them in a thing and they just kind of stay in the thing. Now, I can't imagine that this was lost by somebody breaking into the thing and stealing the thing, um, you know, and going through, you know, all the subterfuge to get their hands on an official voting machine. But then why did it wind up at the Goodwill? Did somebody realize, oh, I really don't want to be in possession of this thing? Because they realized that, oh, my God, it's it's actually radioactive. <laughs> 
very possible. You know, and, and, and I agree with you, uh, Rev B, because, you know, for, for several years, I worked as an election judge here in, uh, in Jefferson County. And the protocols for bringing those machines out uh, and wrapping them back up is a pretty standard kind of rigorous process. Um, so for one of them to just go missing, uh, I, you know, if someone said someone broke in and took one, okay, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to hear that than it got lost because those things are counted and double counted. And they're, like you said, they're clamped down with, with, you know, ties and things that go over them. And it's like, you can't lose one of those. It's, 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 if it's a regular voting machine, it's too big. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm saying, okay, this, I mean, is this a setup? You know, uh, it's, it's interesting because it definitely, in terms of the mega question, it is definitely giving anyone who wants to, to, to continue to populate the story of uh, bad elections, stolen votes, no count votes, whatever, whatever, it's just fuel for the fire. Yeah, and that those those stories keep on turning up. Right after the 2020 election, I think it was the uh, um, the attorney general in Texas said that he'd pay twenty thousand dollars if somebody had proof of voter fraud. And like that night, John Fetterman, who's the lieutenant governor in Philadelphia and he's now run or in Pennsylvania, he's now running for uh, U.S. Senate, um, said, "Hey, got you covered, dude. We are, we we caught some Republicans voting in their dead mother's name." <laughs> where's my cash so, and, and, and here's where you can send the money and oh by the way you know, he's in western Pennsylvania or in eastern Pennsylvania there are two convenience stores that are favored by each area and he said you can send gift cards to either one <laughs> so trolling him and the ones that we've come up with you know other people are saying there's voter fraud the only voter fraud that I am aware of has been committed by people on the MAGA side you know trying to make sure that their guy wins and so this is very likely to be one of those people stole the voting machine because there's, as I recall, there's a bunch of that was going on in Michigan, and you know people wanting to get in positions of power where they could make those decisions and have an audit, you know, an audit machine by, by those wacky people who are going to you know go and and, and you know it, th this kind of thing, uh, and and I don't know whether it's true or not, and I guess we'll, time will tell, but it's 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 a it's a typical magician a uh, sleight of hand magician tactic right look over here while i do the so-called magic over here when you look back over here the thing has changed right and yep. so you know right now i see this as this uh sleight of hand magic to move away from all of the stuff going on down in mar lago um and and to 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 continue to create a force so that uh the previous president, if he decides to do so, can run or, or declare himself running and then have all this craziness going around him that will create some, you know, some kind of whirlwind tornado to try to get him back in the office. But I I, I think it's just, you know, somebody planted a sleight of hand trick on us. <laughs> I, got, I have this image of, of somebody, hey, man, come here, check it. You got to see what I got. And he opens up his trunk or the back of his car or the back of his truck and his buddy goes, 
oh shit, man, you got to get rid of that. <laughs> you don't want any of that. And as Bill would say, realize this is this is kryptonite. This is like, let's get rid of this thing. What can we do with it? Drop it off into Goodwill. They'll figure it out. And, and a box shows up at Goodwill in the middle of the night. But that's that's like this like this story. The guy's on the bus, and he's sitting next to a guy with a box on his lap. And the guy says, uh, what is that? He said, it's an unexploded bomb. I'm taking it down to the police station to have him look at it. And the guy sitting next to him says, you can't have that in your lap. Put it under your seat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that same kind of thing going on here, man, where they are really grabbing at straws. And then when you look at like Lindsey Graham, who talks about if they don't do certain things or, or, or give back certain documents in terms of Mar-a-Lago, people are going to be in the streets. I mean, yeah. come on. Really? You're going to incite that? Well, and that's, folks, that's part of our bigger discussion that we wanted to have today. seems like every time we schedule Reverend, Reverend Bill to come on the show, something happens in the city of Philadelphia or in the immediate area. But this time, it just happens to be our current president, calling out the MAGA universe in uh, in a big way. And we were chatting about that a little bit before the show. Uh, Rev Bill, you're, you're closest to the action. Tell us your perspective here. Uh, there was a big speech uh, in front of Independence Hall yesterday, last evening. Um, so, of course, the traffic was all snarled up in Philadelphia. That doesn't particularly matter. But I think what, uh, what Joe Biden has started doing is calling out the difference between MAGA Republicans and mainstream Republicans and um, and that the difference is that with with most of America we have a democracy where we have different opinions and we negotiate and we come to some sort of consensus or agreement or compromise and he's pointing out that with the MAGA Republicans it's scorched earth all or nothing um, you know we're gonna burn down democracy and the only possible outcomes are an election are A, we win, or B, it was rigged and we have to invade the Capitol and take it back. And I, you know, I think the line that, that, that Joe Biden is drawing is that we need to all come together to defend democracy first because people you know, with heavy flagpoles and knives attached to the end of them uh, going into the Capitol is not good. I mean, as... <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't seem like that would be a stretch. Why are we talking about that? But it's, it, it turns out that it's important to talk about that. By the way, I thought the set decorations were just spectacular in front of Independence Hall last night with the Marine Guard standing at attention behind him. That was, uh, that was nice. <laughs> Interesting also to see that the architecture of the building got changed because they built some sort of a set in front of him because it's not nearly as three-dimensional as it looked on TV last night. Like, there is no walkway back from between the building to get to the door it's like right off the street but you know that's the details that we know about living in philadelphia and driving past there and trying to find a parking place yes yes <laughs> and, and you know you know it, it the 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 whole set if you will since we, we've described it as such right with the with the uh, all of the props um when I look at these kind of things now and how we've become so divided and so point counterpoint, I mean, it, it, it really begins to remind me of Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, where, where, 
where everybody's trying to capture Winterfell and 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 and, and the uh, the snow people are coming from the north and you know while we are fighting over frivolous stuff the snow is coming and we're not paying any attention to that and when it gets here it is going to be devastating hmm. and you know I, I can't understand as you were saying Bill why we are so caught up in these things that should be obvious and not trying to spend a whole lot of time arguing the obvious the, the energy and conversation should be how do we move beyond these obvious things that are truly detrimental and no one wants to have that conversation and that's and that's a shame because as the story goes our our the, the, the old folk like us who are still around and the young folk who will be around a little longer are going to suffer. <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, um, a lot of this has to do with uh, truth. And I'll make that little t truth, which is the truth that we, uh, you know, the, the way that we describe what's going on. Big T truth never changes, uh, mm-hmm. although we can close our eyes to it uh, as much as we want. There, I made it a little bit metaphysical. Um <clears throat> The, the challenge that we have is that if I want to find people who are going to tell me stuff that I already agree with, I can find a news source and I can find a community and I can find an online group and an offline group and all sorts of people who already agree with me, in which case somebody injects uh, uh, some new commentary into that or something happens and then somebody spins it and explains that's what it means. Everybody agrees. And there's not a, there's, there's not a, a social square. There's not a public forum. And there used to be three TV networks, and they all were trying to outdo each other by being the best with the news, their number one news source, or whatever, it's ABC or NBC or CBS. And the journalists there were, first of all, they fact-checked. You can tell a news organization because they'll issue a retraction when they get something wrong. Oh, by the way, have you heard a retraction from Alex Jones ever? I don't think so. You know, the New York Times does a retraction when they refer to somebody as the associate director rather than the assistant director. I mean, come on. Uh, so there's there's not that willingness to agree on let's have one common pool of information that's the that's the truth and we can move from there. You know, you, somebody mentioned the, the the current cesspool, the documents at Mar-a-Lago. It just it's hysterical. Donald Trump says uh, those the documents were planted by the FBI, and I'd like them back. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an interesting story this week. I think uh, I forget which pundit it was, but the love letters from Kim Jong Un are missing. They're part of all this. Oh yeah, and that's that's what he wants. He wants those love. He doesn't want those. He doesn't want what's in those letters. Because I'm sure of it. Whatever was in those letters, he wants that kept from the public forever for the rest of his life and forever, for the rest of his family's lineage. So I've heard a couple of things here. One is I think we might actually get a three-party election. In tw- Let's have, right? My entire life, we have looked at the possibility of having a three-candidate race, but there's never a strong enough, quote, independent or strong enough, quote, libertarian or strong enough this or that to actually make a three-party race. I like this concept. Let's separate the MAGA universe out and say, okay, you want to run him? Run him. 
but we're going to run a real Republican as well. Or the, not we, but the Republican Party is going to run a real strong Republican as well. Liz Cheney comes to mind. Um, not that I necessarily agree with everything she says, but comes to mind as a strong Republican candidate. And I disagreed what, with everything that Liz Cheney said until Donald Trump started saying stuff. Okay, I'll give you that. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm with you on that one, too. <laughs> but isn't that, that is the, the definition, right? We, we're going to have a three-party, I'm going to say it now, folks, I'm not a psychic, but I'm a predictor. Let's say it, we're going to have a three-party election in 2024, and it may not be Donald Trump on the MAGA universe side from the MAGA party, but I got a feeling it will be somebody from the MAGA party. And please, okay. God, don't let it be Lauren Bover. I, I don't think I could handle that. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, as, as, as you said, you know, to try to make some spiritual highlights of this mess, <laughs> if you will, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that I see that those, whether you call yourself spiritual, enlightened, in tune, woke, and some of those terms have some some connotations to them, but as we begin to look at life as it continues to present itself as a as a wholeness, as a oneness, as a togetherness, as an integrated thing, we have to begin to help people at least take an honest look at that, right? Because we keep, you know, I was just listening to an audio book on my walk this morning, The Elegant Universe by Brian Greene. And, and he's talking about, in this one section about, you know, we will continue to find ever smaller and smaller parts of the universe, but we don't live in that part of the universe. We live in the part of the universe when it's grossed back up, you know, primarily. Now, we can we get ethereal. We can go down to some of that other stuff. But the primary place of operation is the gross matter. And we have to begin to look at that, not with fodder and all this, you know, rhetoric and pontification. We have to begin to look at it in terms of application of how do we save the whole. Because if we don't, we will destroy ourselves from within and, and an implosion is worse than an explosion. Because when an implosion happens, ain't nothing left. Yeah. Well, this strikes me as part of, uh, we just got some computer sound off of somebody here, guys. Yeah, there it is. I think it's on your side, Bill. Um, all right, so I'm going to take another step in what we teach here because in many ways, what we do teach you, uh, as far as practitioners and ministers, is that I can't tell you what the truth is, and I can't tell you what to do to get yourself to the truth, and I can't tell you how to be. All I can do is lead you to the opportunity, and you've got to make that decision. You've got to wake up to your own belief systems and your own perhaps limiting beliefs and your own empowering beliefs, and so in many ways, I think that's what we're on. We're on a journey to facilitate the awakening of, of people that what they've always believed maybe isn't what is truly capital T truth. And let's get about figuring it and, and let's start 
gently supporting people in coming to their own awakening rather than saying it's about time you woke your ass up. I know that don't work with my teenager. Yeah. And the way to do that, you know, we always talk about taking the horse to the water, but as, as one person says, that's not your charge. The charge is to create a thirst so that they want to drink. And that's what our job is to be, to create the thirst, to give them enough examples, to give them enough uh, tangential evidence and knowledge and experience and exposure so that they say, I, there's something going on with that water. Everybody's drinking that water doing ABC and I'm not doing that. Let me try a sip. <laughs> yep. And, and in many ways, I think that's part of what Bill's talking to. And however, the challenge is we've created the silos. We've created our own little universes. And right, how many people know that Donald Trump went on a massive dump of memes and information and weirdness and had basically a public meltdown yesterday or the day before, but it was on his private social network. So if you're not on his social network, you don't know that he went on this tirade in this rampage. You don't see that except for some independent journalists sharing it. We've isolated ourselves that it's not all we've got to go back to shaking hands and pressing flesh and, and having conversations at the coffee shop or over lunch at church. Yeah. Yeah. And the one part that we can do, by the way, the noise is the pressure washer, which is uh, <laughs> <of your> <laughs> somebody, somebody having his way with my house. Um, <laughs> and just the internal consistency of the conversation. So there was Trump's lawyer, uh, was <laughs> said yesterday or the day before that just because something is marked top secret compartmented information doesn't mean that it's still classified something can be unclassified but they don't necessarily change the markings and that's an interesting point however these are documents that had been subpoenaed by the justice department so do you think it might have made sense to say oh those aren't secret anymore because the response would have been, and still give them back. Because yeah. even if they're not secret anymore, they're not yours. So the internal consistency, you know, it's just, it's being able to throw up a smoke screen and not talk about what's true. Just make a claim and then move on. And as you're saying, uh, Robert, the, 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 the difficulty, the challenge that we have is with the silos. Because we get into a silo and we, we hear from the people who we agree with and it becomes an echo chamber and you know it's just as bad it's not just as bad on the left as it is on the right because um in in my view conservative uh thinking um and especially fundamentalist thinking is where you're very interested in having the answers and progressive thinking is where you're really interested in uh innovative questions and you know so that's where the difference happens i'm muting my microphone again somebody else can talk <laughs> Well, well, no, you know, that, that's great, Bill. That, that, that pressure washing is what we need. I mean, that's a great reminder that we need to go in some of these halls of justice, if you will, and do some pressure washing so that whatever needs to stay there will stay there and what is not coherent to the structure will fall away. Because we have now, it appears, you know, we've always talked about career politicians, but we have guys in there and gals in there now that they don't seem to be trying to uphold the justice of the people and the structure of government so that everybody is, you know, 
held in some kind of equitable state. It's all about themselves on a personal TikTok, uh, chat, Snapchat, whatever publication of themselves, as opposed to holding the government accountable and upholding people accountable for emplacing. I have to agree. There are far too many career politicians and they uphold. We've become, we've become a nation of nations. It's all about how much can I get from my state? How much can I get for Kentucky? How much can I get for North Carolina? How much can I get for Philadelphia or Colorado or Florida? Or it's, 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 it's this power hungriness to consolidate within my borders and honestly the heck with all the rest of you i'll call you if i need something from you but other than that we've lost that spirit of we the united states we're fully in we you the divided states and we're there's work to be done no question about it it's gonna you know Folks, the, the change of consciousness and culture is a long and messy road. Well, it, you know, you know, one thing you cited there real quick is this, you know, I I, I grew up in Florida, uh, about 34 miles from the Georgia line. Well, really closer than that to the Georgia line, 34 miles from Thomasville, Georgia. And there is no real line that tells me when I leave Florida and get into Georgia, just some imaginary thing there that said, oh. All the trees look the same. All the birds look the same. The squirrels look the same. Uh, there, you know, there wasn't a Georgia squirrel and a Florida squirrel. So these these divisions that we have are imaginary. Mm -hmm. You've reminded me of a story that I heard when I lived in Florida. Uh, the governor was Lawton Childs, and yeah. he, he, he nicknamed himself Walking Lawton because he was going to walk from one end of Florida to the other. So he gets out on the road and he's walking down the road and there's a utility crew that's out there and he walks up to him and says, hi, I'm walking Lawton and I'm gonna, I'm running for governor of Florida and it's great to meet you. And the crew says, walking Lawton, it is wonderful to meet you and you're in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right. <laughs> walking Lawton, it's nice to meet you, you're in Alabama. So, and you know, because we don't know, but then, you know, there's not so much of a line between Alabama and Georgia or Alabama and Florida, um, but there is between other states. And, you know, the, the, the whole thing of, you know, states' rights uh, regarding women's right to choose. Is, there's a, there's a, a young woman who is in my team group um, who is now a Ph.D. and her national conference is, you know, coming up in Florida. And she said she can't go. And the mm -hmm. reason that she can't go is because if, God forbid, she turned up with an ectopic pregnancy while she's on that trip she'd die right why do we have to think about that stuff in 2022 right yeah travel is supposed to be safe yeah, uh, well, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and who who plans on having an ectopic pregnancy right right and what man ever has to worry that somebody else is controlling his body I mean, you know, and, and, and this is obviously a whole another conversation for a whole another show, but the whole patriarchy versus matriarchy or some blend thereof is a conversation that needs to be had. Because if we look now in politics, uh, there are a lot more uh, female candidates that are coming in and 
in a lot of ways, they're doing a, 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 I would say, they're doing a more credible job of raising more credible questions, if nothing else, than some of the males that are there that have been there forever. As long as you don't troll them. <laughs> as you said that, I'm thinking, yeah, what's happened to AOC? And and all it is, is I, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, we don't see her in the news. We don't see her in the headlines. I'm positive that's because she's pulled back, is doing her work for her people, for her constituency, and because it was too too toxic to be out in front and be attacked the way they would attack her for on how many different levels that's where i want to see the healing in politics i want to see the healing in politics come to the place of the wow can you say that again a little more slowly i missed something yeah. versus the f you you're wrong i'm coming down your throat as hard as i can right now without ever really listening to it if I say a certain keyword or a certain buzzword, if you say anything, the, the other side is going to rip you apart and they've all got their talking points and both sides are, are, are culpable here. Um, it, yeah, the, the red MAGA universe seems to do it a lot more professionally and with a lot less compassion and a lot more aggressively. So I like that. I, I, I like this, this one, uh, statement here that 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 michael brings up you know how do we sit with the differences yep. how do we sit with the paradoxes of life and discuss them to try and reconcile them um because um you know i can't get that out of it anymore now <laughs> well maybe that's because that's the point of the morning how do we begin to how do we begin to sit with these differences on all the topics we talk about and have meaningful conversation, not driven toward pontification, but driven toward solutions? Yeah. You know, it's a, number one, it's a good thing that we, we've making the decision that we always go in, into overtime on this show, folks. So uh, we're not running over right now, not for a few minutes yet. Um, and now, Mr. Reverend Michael McMorrow, now that I know you're awake at this hour on Friday mornings, you're on my list of future guests here <laughs> on this program. So expect an email on that one soon. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a great question because I'm fully aware that even on this program, we're speaking into our own silo. Mm -hmm. And the people that we most want to have these conversation, conversations with are most likely never gonna see this program. So for me, it comes back to, we gotta go back and get out on the streets, shake some hands, have lunches, sit down, find a way to open dialogues across and I don't know where it is. Walk up to people at a rally and ask questions. Um, you know, I watch these like Jordan Klepper and stuff like that. It appears that people at, at rallies that believe differently than I do are quite approachable. They have some, you know, they have their beliefs, but they're quite approachable. So what if we all just went and attended a rally and didn't have an agenda to make anybody wrong, to convert anybody or make anybody wrong, but to just go say, hey, I'm here to listen. Can you teach me a little something? Not that I'm trying to convert. I don't know. There we are. 
I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my pressure watcher? Why isn't my house a pressure watcher? <laughs> you know, there's so many times in, uh, in classes as we are teaching students who are pursuing their own spiritual unfoldment and development, when in, we're engaging with other people, the big skill that we teach is active listening. You know, there's two different ways to have a conversation. One is when somebody is speaking, you listen and you open yourself up and you consider the possibilities and the implications of what it is they're talking about and basically try it on. And the other way is as soon as somebody else starts talking, you start thinking what you're going to say next. And so, you know, it's it's like the Peanuts cartoons with the when the adults are there, they're going wah, 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 and you're just waiting for them to take a breath so that you can say whatever the the, the, the next thing on your agenda is. And you know, and, uh, so I agree with you, Robert, and going through all of that chaff <laughs> to get to the wheat of somebody who's actually willing to engage in some form of listening instead of waiting for, you know, the opportunity to, to, to lay out their talking point. Um, I find that personally to be really frustrating. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Well, well we don't go ahead, go ahead, Robert. Problem. I was going to say, we don't pretend to solve all the problems around here, but we do believe we get a little bit closer to what can be a personal solution for most of what we're looking at. Z, you had something. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, and, and you know, uh, Reverend B was saying that, you know, I I think a capstone is, is, is almost like this idea of how do we begin to engage in conversation not so much to make a point, but to see the other person, you know, it's, it's the old Stephen Covey, seek first to understand, un, uh, understand, uh, I forget it. Seek first to, to understand, right? I forget the other half of that. But, but we oftentimes, we go into conversations of things looking to prove a point as opposed to trying to understand a situation out of which the solution is already there. That's what we teach. The solution is already in the problem. We have to allow it to emerge by really understanding the problem so that we can really begin to address it. Our friend Lisa, Linda has got a good point here. I live on it. She says, I live on a cul-de-sac. We talk and respect each other. We have pagan, evangelical, Christian, Jewish, and new thought. It is cool. Um, so, you know, there is another way to do it, folks. Get to know your neighbors. If you don't get to know and, and not just hi, how you doing? And can you watch my cat while I go out of town for the weekend? But get to know your neighbors, invite them over for dinner, sit down, have those conversations. Um, as you were sharing this, I was kind of struck that. I'm pretty sure most of the people out there that are on and I'm going to say at the far right. Are. Are as afraid of losing their way of life as anyone in any other demographic. And they've been led to a place where the aggression, aggressiveness is what they've been led to believe will, will allow them to preserve their way of life, but are concerned they're being attacked and, and that they're losing their way of life also. I know I'm feeling like I'm being trying to be compassionate to the MAGA universe this morning here, folks. So uh, <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, but uh, well, I think it, we got a ways to go. 
And you know, quite honestly, uh, I mean, you want a diverse idea to get to a higher level of understanding or a higher level of operation. If, if you know, like you're saying, if we're just talking in our own silo, uh, we we gonna run those ideas around long enough, and none of them are gonna have any appeal or do any have any effect. So we need the point counterpoint because that's what the world is made of. I mean, there's electrons and neutrons and protons, all of them with different charges. If they had the same charge. This would not be the world that we understand it to be. So we need that. That's how the universe is made. The thing is, they have to work together and not divisively to tear the thing apart. All right. We're going to give Bill the final word because we've got to get out of here. And before we do that, though, we're going to just recognize, yes, Michael, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, (laughs) That might be on the individual level or that might be a movement uh, to... Let's get to, let's get the red and the blue and the purple and the green and the yellow and everybody together for a, for a uh, Thanksgiving dinner of some sort. Uh, folks, thanks for being with us today. This is New Thought Media Network. This is Ministers Talking Shit. We're going to give Rev Bill the last word before we get out of here today and then say a real quick thank you to our sponsors and our committed givers. Uh, Reverend Bill, it's all you, my friend. Final thoughts. I am going to quote one of our musicians. His name is Adam Webb, and uh, he is one of the people who thinks a lot like we do, and a lot of the people in his family uh, think the way that the MAGA Republicans do. And Thanksgiving dinner is a challenge sometimes for him. So he wrote a song called Bring Love to the Fight. Mm. And that's my last word. Bring love to the fight. Be that bright light of love, and then see what happens. Nice. Beautiful. All right, folks, we're out of here for now. Thank you for being with us. We'll be back again next Friday. Please stay tuned for a full day of programming here on New Thought Media Network. I'll be back in just a few minutes with B. Sekou's Hero. 8.15 is the morning prayers, 8.30 is morning sip. Uh, throughout the day, we also have the Joy, uh, the Joy Show at 1 o'clock, the Good News at 5, and Fireside Chat at 6. Until next time, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. On behalf of everyone at New Thought Media Network, thank you for being a member of our virtual family. Your financial contributions help share the New Thought message with people from around the world. Please visit and contribute at www.ntmedia.org forward slash donate. New Thought Media Network, come be you. And please, Like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, peace and blessings.